Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider. Where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema? this episode of Cinema Super Collider, we are going to be talking about five, count them, five different Christmas horror movies. Yeah, except one of them we're kind of not going to talk about much because I fell asleep during it because it was boring. Yeah, boy, it was boring. Yep. Yeah, I had to watch it in two installments because the first time I got about a half of the way through and it was like, oh my God, I got to turn this off and go to bed. I can't. I just can't. I gave up and fell asleep. Because it was boring. Well, and then we watched the second half and you fell asleep again. <laughs> I did, because it was boring. Yeah. It was not good. Uh, think of this episode as a Christmas stocking filled with horror movies that just have something to do with Christmas, even if it's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. These are some... Uh, I chose these because, well, I had found a list of Christmas horror movies on the internet. Look it up, guys. It's a thing. And yes, the internet is a thing for the moment. Right. And the main ones that were like popular and listed were ones that we've already done or already seen, you know, like Krampus and uh, Gremlins was another one. And, and like, okay, well, you know, everybody knows about those. What about the ones that are rated fairly highly that I either never heard of or never saw? Well, you so, looked up like the art school, like movie list like if well, you're in film school which douchey movies do you like the best well but like the, which movies that no one's ever heard of do you like the best because you are a cinephile art school student which ones do you want to watch yeah i shouldn't say douchey that's mean yeah well but uh, i'll i'll stand by my um my characterization of uh, art, you know art school cinema students. i'll take the i'll take the recommendation from the art school crowd though because even though their tastes are sometimes really suspect in terms of what they think is good and what isn't, they at least seem to have a tendency to go for stuff that's at least weird and interesting. Which is what we like, and that's what we talk about on the yeah. show an awful lot. So, yeah. I, you know what? I shouldn't malign the art school well, cinema students. I a, shouldn't. It's a fine line between weird and interesting and weird and boring. It's true. I mean, a lot of stuff is like super duper weird and boring. You want to watch a weird, boring art film? Watch one of uh, 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 Andy Warhol's movies, where it's just a picture of somebody's face for 20 minutes. I mean, is it interesting? Is it an interesting project? Is it, you know, can you, by staring at someone's face on film for a long period of time, do you see small emotions cross the face? Yeah, 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 yeah. All those things. It's fucking boring. I don't know. I mean, when I used to have a cable access show in between the cable access shows, I think I've mentioned this before in the podcast. I used to have a cable access show on Channel 19 here in Chicago. It's called Twirly. We showed movies. Uh, in between the shows, because they weren't always a perfect, like, 30-minute block, whoever did the programming in the middle-of-the-night slot that my show came on in, because my show came on at 3.30 in the morning, because that's what happens when you have a cable access show. Good time for art students and weirdos to be up. Yeah, yeah, it was. Sure. Uh, so they would come up with these short films. They would plug in to those spots where maybe they needed like, maybe they just needed two minutes, but maybe they needed 20 minutes. Who knew? It was it was sort of up to the discretion of the person that was Shruggy doing the programming. Shruggy gesture. Shruggy gesture. Uh, and there was some real brilliant shit that would be on at 3.30 in the morning. My favorite... I, I have two. Just two favorite things, just really quick. One of which was... Uh, it was a piece of plexiglass that they had put over a TV screen of Bill Clinton giving a speech, which then they had someone with an X-Acto blade scratching through the plexiglass screen for 20 minutes straight. 
it was sounds stupid and boring. It was actually fascinating. Mm. So I found that great. And See? then my all-time favorite one was it was about 10 minutes long. And it was a black screen that was accompanied by the Doors song. What's the one? That, come on, come on, come on. Touch, Touch me, baby. baby. Okay, so they played that song on a loop for 10 minutes straight. And every time that the chorus of the song came on, the black screen went to a white screen and there was a rabbit dildo that would be like in full dildo mode. Like the lights were blinking. Like a was... dildo you would use on a rabbit? No, no, no. The rabbit dildo with the rabbit and the... God damn it, Eric. Really? <laughs> <sighs> this is a comedy show. These are the jokes, Megan. You just... No, you just took all the fucking... Fuck it. It's dildo. It's fine. I'm done with oh, my you, story. Are you angry with me for real? I'll we'll no, start it. Mm, nope, I'm done with my story. Let's go. Oh boy, here Let's we go. Talk about fucking Christmas. Nope, I'm done. Let's talk about Christmas horror movies now. Stocking. Oh boy, here we go. Yep. We're All done. right. Let's let me list them in order, if I may. We watched first a film called Blood Beat, which is a movie that is about Christmas, kind of, and it involves a samurai ghost in Wisconsin. Yep, because that's what Christmas is about. Yes, and mm -hmm. the weird masturbating lady. I don't know if she used a rabbit dildo. Maybe she did. We didn't see. Then there was, uh, after that, we watched, I'm trying to think. It was doesn't it? matter what order. Just talk hmm. about the movies. All right. After, uh, then there was Silent Night, Deadly Night, about... A kid who sees his parents murdered by Santa Claus, and then as an adult, his brain just fries, and he turns into a murder Santa Claus. Yep, he runs around with an axe, screaming punish. Then we saw a movie with Ray Wise and a bunch of people we don't know, which took place mostly in a car and on a road as they're going to a Christmas party, a family and Christmas party, and they get lost on the road, called dead end mm -hmm. and it's one of these things that's like a twilight zone episode that's dragged out to 91 minutes or something yep and it has ray wise in it so there you go that's what they spent most of their budget on there was a movie called christmas evil that's the one i fell asleep in yeah that was the one that you fell asleep in i don't know what happens at the end and then there was black christmas which, which is it's actually, it's actually a very good horror movie. It's considered a classic, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's one that I've never seen. I think Silent Night, Deadly Night is kind of considered a classic as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's so many Silent Night fill-in-the-blank nights that it's like there's Silent Night, Bloody Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Silent Night, Killer Night. You know, all, all of these different ones. And a lot of people go, oh, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's the one where Santa Claus falls in a dumpster and does like... No. No, it's a different it's like, one. Oh, that was Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. No. no that was Silent Night, one. Bloody Night 2. No, oh, no. It's a different it's, one. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, and Black Christmas, I think we'll all agree, is maybe the only one of these we would recommend someone to see? Or no, I would, maybe Bloodbeat? <laughs> I would recommend, I actually, I'd recommend a handful of these. Um, yeah. But, like, if you want to see an actual, like, really well-crafted uh, horror movie, that has honestly basically nothing to do with Christmas except that it takes place around Christmas time. Like Black Christmas is really the one that you want to see. There are like four actors that you will recognize in all five of these movies. If you are Eric. If you are me. There are maybe three actors you will recognize. Maybe two actors. I'm going to go with two. two Name actors. that tune actors. Two is two is what I would get. Okay, one in one movie and one in another. But basically, all the other ones, the weirdo ones that Eric or maybe some of you weirdos that listen to this show might get, would all be in Black Christmas. Black Christmas had a cast. It included Andrea Martin from the old SCTV show. No idea who she is. It had uh, John Saxon. You know John Saxon. I know John Saxon. But it's, you know, a lot of people don't know John Saxon. It had, uh, what's her name? Lois Margot Lane. Kidder. Margot Kidder. That's the one you're going to recognize. That's the one you're going to recognize. And of course, Dead End, I mentioned, had uh, Ray Wise in it. And so everybody you, knows Ray Wise. Yeah. I hope everybody knows Ray Wise. He's Leland Palmer. Yeah. He's Leland Palmer from the first. Well, that was 20 years ago. There's probably a lot of people. They rebooted this. Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. They, re they rebooted it. And he was in Reaper. He was the best part of Reaper. 
which was a TV show on Fox. Well, he was the devil? He played the devil. Ah, I and gotta in, see that. That sounds good. And in fact, good. one of my favorite things, which I cannot find, if anybody out there can find it and send it to me, you will be my hero. They did a, a bump, like a bump advertisement around Halloween when Reaper was on Fox, and it was set to the Christmas song... It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> Except it was for Halloween. And it was Ray Wise as the devil doing all these like shitty Halloween prank things and like jumping into piles of leaves and stuff. It's mm. the best. And I can't find it anywhere. I've looked on YouTube and all these video places and I don't know if it just has fallen off the face of the earth. Huh. Maybe I had a dream and this was a hallucination that was in it. I but sometimes feel like that. That I happens know. to me. Yeah, but it's out there somewhere, and if somebody knows where it is and can send me a link to it, I would I would be your friend. I'm already your friend. I'm your internet friend. You've got pretty good Google foo, so I'm good at finding shit on the yeah, internet. Yeah, I mean you that was you you had a job for a while that involved finding things on the internet and sifting through stuff. And if you still couldn't find it, that means this must be really really deep sixed somewhere. Yeah, true story. I was an internet cop. <laughs> I was a busted porn. Yep, that was a true story. Watch out! Mm -hmm. She sees you when she when you're sleeping. She knows when you're awake. I don't. I don't do that. So, what do you think we should start with? I think maybe the first one we saw because I I, I collected these on my computer and put them on a thumb drive and plugged it into the back of our TV. And Megan said, "What are we going to do this week?" And I said, "I have a whole bunch of Christmas horror movies." And she said, "Oh, cue it up. Okay, let's look at the first one." So, well, I. Let's, so Christmas Evil, let's just, because we don't like that one. Let's just. Okay, well, let's cover Christmas Evil first. So basically, we're just going to, we are going to briefly, I'm stressing this, Eric, briefly, briefly elevator pitch, briefly talk about what the movie is about, whether we liked it, if there's something like cool in the movie that we need to talk about, and then we're going to put it back in our stocking and move on, because there's five goddamn movies in this list. Maybe we can re-gift it. We will re-gift, we're not re-gifting Christmas Evil, that's mean. Yeah. It's boring as fuck. All right. So, here's, here's the boring this, as fuck movie. This was Christmas Evil, the extended director's cut, believe it or not. I... There is an extended director's cut of this movie. It just the meant regular I, cut of this movie would have been boring at 90 minutes. This was boring at almost two hours. It just meant I slept longer. All right. That's all. It's about a middle-aged guy who works in a toy store and thinks he's Santa. He spies on the kids in the neighborhood and writes their names down in the good book and the naughty book and all this and has this weird fantasy about being Santa Claus. The the people he works for in the toy store don't treat him right. He becomes like a disgruntled employee. And eventually he goes out on Christmas Eve trying to do the best his tweezed brain can conceive of, of playing Santa Claus, which is giving toys to all the good little children and boys and punishing those or, or leaving like angry notes for little kids who aren't good little girls and boys. Unfortunately, some adults get in his way and he murders them. Sooner or later, the, you know, it go, it progresses from Christmas Eve and there's a couple of things happen. Christmas Day, a couple of things happen. He ends up at his family's house. He ends up killing his brother and then he just drives off a bridge in his Santa van, Thelma and Louise style. But, and you think, you know, he's probably dead, but the way the movie actually ends, spoilers, is that the van glows green like the like the car in Repo Man and like the like Christmas music plays as the van flies off into the sky. So it's kind of an artsy ending. Did he really die or was he the spirit of Christmas or and the the message that the movie tries to convey and doesn't, but the characters just say it out loud just to like at least give you the idea, is that people don't really want Santa Claus. People want a fantasy Santa Claus, not a real live thing that appears and gives gifts because people don't respond well to a stranger showing up in their house distributing gifts and or punishment. Get it? Yeah. And that's Christmas Evil. Nobody's in it that you've ever seen. Mm -mm. I think there's a character actor in there that I might have seen in a thing before, but I didn't even bother to look it up because it was so fucking boring. Yeah. The best part, and I, I don't know if it's actually the best part of the movie, because like I said, I fell asleep twice. Uh, there's a part where he glues a beard onto his face and then has a freak out while he looks at himself in a mirror. That was pretty good. I like that part. So if you like freak outs where people glue 
facial hair to themselves, then there is a good two minutes in this movie for you. But otherwise, it's just stupid. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've unwrapped that present and deemed it to be underwear and or sock, like boring sock worthy as a gift. And so we have put it back under the tree. Yeah. We put it to bed and that one will never be spoken of again. Fair enough? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about Bloodbeat. Yeah. Because I think this is the... This is the weirdest one. This is the weirdest one, and I would not recommend it. It actually has a Blu-ray release, I yeah, read. And it's like... Reasons. Yeah. If you see this movie, that is that is the most, the number one most mysterious thing about this, because this is like a step up from like Curse of the Wolf it is. level it film. Is. I if you haven't wa- seen Curse of the Wolf, you should see it. No. It's on no. it's streaming on YouTube. It's watch n- Curse of the Wolf. Oh, it's so bad, guys. Don't watch it. Eric, I would do it on the show, but Megan can't stand I it. Can't. She can't handle it's it. It's so bad. Eric loves this movie for some reason. He's fascinated I, with it. I am because it's it's in a way it's like the worst movie I've ever seen. It's uh, it's I, I like mean, it makes me numb. You know, like when you go to the dentist and you get like Novocaine in your mouth and then you can't feel your face. It That movie makes me feel like I got my brain shot up with Novocaine. Yeah, I kind of feel like I want to talk about it, but let's not. No, no, no. Because we got we got so many Christmas movies right now to talk yeah. about. So, OK, so Bloodbeat is about some people that go home for Christmas in Wisconsin for you know, the reasons you go home for Christmas in Wisconsin, most of which appears to be hunting deer in the woods. It's uh, mostly a young guy and his new girlfriend. It's a young right? guy and his new girlfriend. They go home to see, like, mom and dad and sis and other people and whatever. And so the first part of the movie is literally just, like, random shit that you do in Wisconsin when you go home for Christmas, largely hunt deer. But then there's, like, weird things happen. The mom of the family is apparently a clairvoyant who paints pictures and can see things and do things in the weird astral projection plane that she lives in, in her brain. Uh, and then there's also a trunk that contains a set of Japanese samurai armor that appears to the girlfriend who's come home with her boyfriend to visit this family. And she progressively gets weirder sexually over the course of the movie and whenever sex things happen with her like she's masturbating or having sex with her boyfriend or whatever uh this ghost of a samurai shows up we think it's a ghost at least and murders people uh but merry christmas merry christmas (laughs) but only when she's having sexy times when she's like getting off somehow with herself or others that's when the ghost comes out and murders people for christmas or just murder. Uh, and then the, the mom sort of explains poorly that something is going on. The mom knows exactly what's going on. But refuses to give details. She, she refuses to give anything but the most vague hints. Yes. Saying that I know what's going I on. I know what's going on. Well, what's going on? I can't tell you. But no, but people are getting murdered, mom. Yeah, no, I can't tell you about what- tell us! No, I won't tell you. But please, tell us! I won't tell you. But we must know! But mom, like, dad is literally getting murdered out on the driveway. I cannot tell you. I will not tell you. Okay. She's like a Native American sort of- For some reason, she is a Native American. She, you know that because she wears a poncho. Yes. And And she she has very dark black hair. Right. She might have been played by a Native American actress. I do not know. It's it's unclear, and it doesn't matter. It it (laughs) it really doesn't matter. Why is there a samurai? We don't know. Because it's never explained. No. Uh, But then at the... No, they mentioned that someone was overseas during the war or something, so... Vaguely. They mentioned it vaguely. Well, see, in the the days since we've watched it, I've had lots of time to ponder. Okay, good. And so my, my... fill in the blank sort of like projection onto what happened is that somehow somehow some way during world war ii one of the like people from the family brought this back in his army chest or whatever like as a souvenir he found it somewhere in japan and brought it back to the house and it's just sitting there waiting waiting to possess someone who who puts it on or looks at it or or something yes so there's a big showdown between the ghost who is not a ghost anymore, but is actually the girlfriend who may have been the ghost slash samurai all along question mark. 
and she fights the sister and brother of the family at the end via energy uh and is defeated and the, everyone else in the family is dead and merry christmas <laughs> yeah i guess that's that is that is the story of blood beat yeah and what's and there's like moments when it shifts over into like this negative view vision it's like a solarized sort of negative like it's artsy it is an artsy film it is in color but it's so washed out black and white but it's only washed out black and white because it's wisconsin in the winter yes and wisconsin in the winter can be very like serene and picturesque and sort of austere but and, not in this movie no it's <laughs> not a, nothing in this movie is serene or austere once again it kind of shows wisconsin as the wisconsin an illinois boy knows which is a bunch of kind of like like country people who are obsessed with hunting and they live in a sort of rural environment and bad things befall them i mean like you know that's that's kind of like the the it's a stereotype view of wisconsin but i think you know stereotypes sometimes exist for a reason it's true and i think there's many wisconsinites who would agree with me that that is kind of what like the winter months in say eau claire wisconsin are like i don't understand why there's a sex thing no because at the end like the i think i think the sex thing helps to like like bring like the en sex energy brings the ghost back because i think by the end the ghost is sort of killing people chasing them through the woods at random and she's not fucking anybody at that point i think like the fucking gave the ghost enough energy to manifest itself and now it's sort of on its own right you know sure uh but eh, i don't know it, it's interesting because it's so weird it's really weird and it's super interesting that someone would give this a blu-ray release because the version i see is very murky and fuzzy and looks like it was shot on like you know commercial grade vhs camcorder in like 1990 i don't know what year this came out but it has that look about it like just shot on shitty video it looks kind of, like, like a, how could you make a blu-ray out of this it looks like a video project that like a bunch of people who had like a week or two weeks off from their job or school or something was like what are we what are we doing this week i don't know should we make a movie yeah let's make a movie what what, what do we make a movie about i don't know samurai ghosts with fucking great let's do that perfect done yeah. And then they shot a whole bunch of footage and then like they kind of had, made it up as they, they went had along, like yeah. 24 hours to edit the footage together. Mm. And that's what they this is what they came up with. And so it's it is a it is a movie. It's not very coherent, but it is a movie. It and does it does have a beginning and a middle and an end. And it does and have a, a Christmas release. It does have a Christmas tree in it. So it is apparently a Christmas movie. They're home for the holidays. They are home so, for the holidays. Yeah, it's uh it's it's perplexing and badly made, but somebody it is it has like the stamp of sort of auteurism about it. Like somebody was serious about making a movie. This wasn't some sort of chintzy cash grab sort of like oh no there's thing. there's this no, is like an art project of somebody like with some demented individual no art. one made money off of this movie no except the person who decided to make a blu-ray out of it because apparently somebody wanted to buy a blu-ray see the internet has brought freaks and and odd balls like us together and we now have for like, commerce for commerce for buying power and they're like hey there's a whole bunch of like like shut-ins and odd people and, like us yeah who seem to want to watch this let's give them a blu-ray version maybe we can sell it okay you know? all right so blood beat would you recommend it mm, i'm on the fence about it if you heard the us discuss it and that appeals to you then yeah you can seek it out and find find some you know i i wouldn't encourage you to steal it from anywhere but you can probably find uh, a clean copy of it on YouTube. They might take it down from time to time, but you might be able to find it. If you can get it and don't have to pay for the Blu-ray, then see it. That's about the weakest recommendation I can give to a movie. How about you? Uh, if you are looking, if you are in a contest with other people <laughs> for finding the most fucked up Christmas movie that you can to show in like a Christmas movie marathon, you should get this one and show it because you will win. 
Yeah. It also has elements of severe boredom to it, too. And I think we run the risk of making it sound a little more interesting than it is. It, it's not interesting. No. It's just weird. It's just weird. A whole lots of this film are, are people running around in a forest. In or Wisconsin. sitting in a darkened bedroom. <laughs> In a darkened <laughs> There's bedroom. a lot of shots of a woman just like laying in bed in a darkened bedroom. There's so, some weird dinner table scene in there too, yeah, or something. There's look again. I, I if you just want to watch a good Christmas movie, don't buy, don't get this movie. If you are in a contest for weirdest Christmas movie in a movie marathon, get this movie. So that's my recommendation. I can endorse that, sure. All right. So All we've right. sort of taken Bloodbeat and we've sort of like kind of rewrapped it and we put it in the bag of like. If somebody comes by with a present for us and and we're like, oh, I got you a present too, Th- then we've got Bloodbeat to give you. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's our Christmas present. They'll be happy because it's a Blu-ray. They'll think it's good. They'll think it's like, oh, this they is won't, fancy. They won't know that you gave them a no, shitty gift. You until gave them a take shitty gift, home. but it's fine because yeah. you wrapped it back up. It it like you know you put it back in wrapping paper and you gave it to them. It's fine. It's a Christmas present. Yeah, and if later that night a samurai is knocking at your door, don't let it in. Don't let it's it probably in. a sex spirit there to kill yeah. you. Yeah, if you're having sex and suddenly you become a samurai. That sees in negative vision. Yeah, just, I guess, go with it. So, yeah. okay. Why so, not? anyway, all right. So, forfeit at that point. Number two, checked number, off. Yes. Number three. What's number, number three? three? Well, after that, we thought, well, let's see a movie with a star in it that we can, that we both like because to sort of take the, the taste of weirdness out of our mouth and and do something that's a little bit more normal. So we watched a movie called Dead End. Starring? Ray Wise. I love Ray Wise, guys. Ray Wise is amazing. Anything Ray Wise is in is great because Ray Wise is in it. And if if you're like, I don't know who Ray Wise is, first off, fuck you, because you should know who Ray Wise is. He's amazing. Secondly, Ray Wise is most notably known from his role in Twin Peaks as Laura Palmer's dad. Who and cries a lot. He cries a lot. Spoiler alert. He killed Laura Palmer. <gasps> Only 20 years too late. I know. Technically, he didn't kill Laura Palmer. Bob killed Laura Palmer because mm. Bob was inside of him. Yeah. Much like a samurai spirit can be inside of someone. So, spoilers. Sorry. Yeah. And like I said, he was on Reaper. He's been in a million things. He's been in a bunch of movies that are great. He's great. Ray Wise is great. So, he's in this movie, Dead End. We started watching it, and like within 20 minutes, Eric, what did you say? Um, what did I say? I you you were know. like, oh, this I is said like, a lot of things. No, you were like, oh, fuck it. This is no exit, but with Christmas. Oh, yeah, right. So, it, yeah, um, yeah, there's a twist. So, what happens? Yeah, what happens at mm, that end? Okay. Basically, it's no exit with Christmas. Yeah, it's, yeah, it really kind of is. Ray Wise is in a car with his wife and his son. And his daughter and his daughter's boyfriend. Okay. They are headed down some dark road in, I can't remember where it was, like Utah, I think, or something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They were in some, they're, they're in some wilderness, not wilderness, but some forested area, some dark road. They're kind of lost and they're all bickering in this car. And his son is a evil little shit. I mean, he's like a nasty, scummy he's a teenager he's yeah he's a really really irritating angry like teenager that is really in need of a beatdown his daughter is kind of sullen and smitten with her new boyfriend but she has a secret you know which we will find out later his wife and he just don't get along like so many married couples after so many years it's like everything like she's drinking water and it's like irritating him. It's like, I hate the way you drink water. Why do you suck the water out of that bottle? And she's like, that's how I drink, asshole. You know, that kind of thing. So they're bickering and bickering and they almost get into an accident. It's like, crash. They hit a, like a deer or something. I don't know. They get into this thing and then one by one, the people start getting killed. They see a ghost of a woman by the side of the road, a creepy, like blonde lady. And I think, uh, what the daughter gets out of the car, and then the w- ghost woman gets in the car, and they do a drive her somewhere. She's we're doing an elevator baby. pitch. We're doing an elevator oh, okay. pitch. Oh, the elevator pitch. I, well, I thought I already gave that elevator pitch. Uh, they eventually they all get killed one by one, and we find out at the end that they all died in the car crash at the beginning, and this was just some sort of thing like 
after death what happened to them. So it's it's sort of like no exit in that hell is other people. They're in hell and they're just constantly bickering and fighting with one another and they they dislike it. It's sort of like what is it like uh, uh Oxbridge o- Oxbow incident? Yeah. Where you know you think the the guy dies and it's really just the like what's going through his brain in the last few seconds of his life. It's sort of like um what was that movie with Tim Robbins where he's a vet? It's a, it's a Jacob Ladder. Jacob's Ladder kind yes. of a, a Jacob's Ladder situation. Kind of a situation, but it's like it's it's like some I want to say like a like a college student wrote this as a play and they were all they were supposed to be like four chairs on stage or five chairs on stage and they were pretending to drive you know you're the theater person what would, you you could do this very easily in a theater because there are almost no locations there are about six actors in the whole thing yeah this is an ensemble piece yeah yeah they spent most of their budget on ray wise and it's worth it because ray wise is always fun to watch he's as great. you said he's an he's a star and when he's on screen this shows you like so many things can show you, but it shows you what a real actor can do. You can put a real actor in a real piece of shit kind of, this isn't a piece of shit, but it's I mean, not it's, good. It's, it's boring and it's, it's not like, good. it's, it's an episode of Twilight Zone or, you know, like uh, Tales from the Crypt or something like yeah, that. It's, it's not just, an hour and a half movie. It's two, it's twice as long as it needs to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Each one of the deaths, you know, as you watch it, each one of the deaths is something that could have happened in a car accident. It's just that, you know, you don't start putting these things together until... Yeah, the boyfriend disappears or something, and then someone sees him in the back of a car with that spooky lady. Those ladies got a dead baby. That's another thing. She's got a weird, spooky dead baby. You find out that they hit another car and it killed the woman and her baby. Uh, yeah. Well, you find that out at the end. At the end. Yeah. Right. But it's the, he's taken away and then they're driving and then they see something by the side of the road and they screech, stop on the brakes and they look and there's the boyfriend and he's like mangled. Right. And like, who, what could have mangled a guy like that? And then, um, what happens? The The, sun uh, gets burned up. The sun gets burned up. They find him and he's like burned and charred and stuff because like the, the spooky lady like tries to make out. He's, oh, geez, he's got a Playboy magazine and he takes the centerfold out of a Playboy magazine and nails it to a tree. This, why the, why the family is stopped by the side of the road. Yeah, he wanders off. Yeah, he takes his Playboy centerfold, nails it to a tree, drops his pants and masturbates like, while his family is investigating a dead guy and they're, they've stopped by the side of the road for like five minutes. And he's mm-hmm. like, I gotta go take a leak. I'm, a, he runs into the woods and <laughs> does this. And it's like, you have to really hate him, Eric. You, oh, you have to really dislike him. Oh, he is detestable. Yeah. Everything he does is just well, awful. The, the, the movie is trying to progressively make you hate all of the people that were in the car mm-hmm. because then once they get their comeuppance, then it's, you know, more okay that they die yeah the wife cheated on the husband the husband cheated on the wife the daughter was is pregnant. pregnant and i don't know i guess that's a bad thing i don't know she deserves to die somehow i don't know well, no she doesn't want to marry the boyfriend she doesn't want to marry the boyfriend sure anyhow at the end it's revealed you know that oh they they all died in the car crash at the beginning the thing we thought was just they just avoided except actually, for the daughter except for the daughter she's the final girl Right. Yeah. So there you go. And yeah, and she wakes up. Oh, and they keep they keep coming across a road sign to like some mysterious town. To Marcotte. This, Marcotte. And it's like the episode of Twilight Zone with Willoughby because she wakes up from a coma in the hospital at the end. And they keep while they're driving around, they keep seeing the sign to Marcotte. Marcotte. If we only can get to Marcotte, we'll be OK. And then, of course, they don't. Everybody dies. She wakes up from a coma and sees the doctor taking care of her is Dr. Marcotte. Yep. Dun, dun, Spoopy. Dun. Yeah, and there's like a death figure as well in a black car, and it is, it's it's real heavy-handed. Yeah, I yeah, it's I wouldn't recommend it at no, all. It's it's a look. The, there are better versions of this film out there. The only thing that can be recommended about this movie is Ray Wise, and there are better Ray Wise movies out there. So if you're a big fan of Ray Wise and you want to watch everything he's ever been in. Obviously, you need to see this film because he is in it. Right. However, if you just want to see a good Ray Wise movie, don't watch this one because it's just he's the only thing in it that's really like worth seeing. So if you wrap this up as a present, this would be the one you give to your 
your friend who's like really super duper into Twin Peaks and you're like, hey, you know, Ray Wise from Twin Peaks, he's in this movie. Yeah. And they'll go, oh, can't wait to watch it. Yeah. This is the thing where you're like, you were at the like Cracker Barrel and you were like checking out at the, at the, you know, <coughs> at the place where you pay and you're like, we're looking around and there's like, oh man, wintergreen candies. Ugh, most people hate those, but like I got like this one cousin that loves wintergreen candies. So I bought him a bag of them and I'm going to give it to him for Christmas and they're going to be super happy about it. And everyone else is going to be like, wintergreen candies are disgusting. Okay. So, All right, so there's number that. three, check. Yeah. Got two more. What, uh, what's All next? All right. We're going to talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is filled with trigger warnings for rape and boobs and murder so and Santa things. Claus and all, all of this kind of yeah. stuff. So this is one of those like, movies that got made with, this is definitely the 80s, like early 80s, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. not looking up the year. I don't give a shit. No, me neither. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those movies that got made during a period of time where it was like, what does this murder scene need more of? Tits. Yeah. Uh, R-rated sort of serial killer slash slasher slash teen horror films of that age really they they went all out with their R rating and like if you were going to get an R rating you were going to put as much violence and as much tits in your movie as you possibly could because that's what kids in those days wanted to see kids today want to see superheroes kids in those days wanted to see tits and murder yeah and so that's what this movie delivers but it delivers it at the beginning. And then there's a lot of character development, and then it delivers it at the end. Why no, don't you talk about this one a little bit? First off, no women in this movie wear bras because that would. Well, get, I can endorse that. That would get in the way of someone ripping their shirt off and murdering them with their tits out. I don't endorse that. No. Okay, so this movie is about a little boy who, on Christmas Eve, witnesses his family being horribly murdered by Santa Claus. Like, not actual Santa Claus, but like a dude dressed up like Santa Claus. And, and we see him murder someone in a, in a convenience right. store. Right. He like, murders a, a razor con- knife or some shit. Yeah. Right? He murders the convenience store clerk and then he murders their family and steals their car and all kinds of good shit. Anyway, so he murders, the, he witnesses this murder. And then, of course, he's an Orpan. So he, mm-hmm. we Miami then, connection. Yes. We then cut to several years later, him and his little brother are being raised in the orphanage. By nuns who mercilessly beat and treat our little protagonist horribly uh, on and around Christmas because he is traumatized from seeing Santa Claus murder his family. He draws scary pictures of Santa Claus killing people. And reindeers. And reindeers. Right. And, and he, he won't sit on Santa Claus' lap. There's also a good nun. There is a like, good nun, but there's good to him, the but, mother superior is evil. Yeah, the mother superior is an evil bitch. Right. So he has problems and is is more horribly treated on and around Christmas by nuns. Cut to now. Ten he's, years later. Ten years later. Now he's like eighteen, and he gets a job at a toy store because not the good nun is like, "Hey, let's get you a job so that you can be normal." And it's Christmas time, and this is a bad time for our protagonist. And eventually, he's forced to be Santa Claus for the store. And this triggers a horrible night of axe murdering and antler murdering and topless murdering. And eventually, uh, he is dispatched. Yeah. And it, it's a Christmas story. Hooray. Yeah. Ho, now, ho, ho. this is production values that this the was, other ones didn't. Yes. This was actually made to be like, a movie. I don't think it was a canon film no. release, but this is in that sort of sweet spot of canon films. It's like better than a trauma film, but not as good as like a new line film. This is like the top tier movie at the drive-in. This was like the A picture. This is like, we yeah. spent some money. Like this is the movie that like you would intentionally go to see at the mall, you know, to like with your friends. Yeah, and they do spend a lot of time after, like, I, I hesitate to call the first part the first act. It's really just sort of a prequel where the kid sees the, the, it's the prelude. Family, the it's prelude. the prelude to the film. But they spend a lot of time during the first act developing the character of the kid and the nuns and the orphanage and his relationship to the other people in the toy store, who they are, what they do, how they interact with each other and with him. To the point where it's it kind of takes away from its element as a horror movie, but I think 
the people who maybe who made it were trying to redeem themselves a little bit. If I remember correctly, when this film came out, it was, I think it was boycotted. And during, this is the time during the eighties when it was like the Reagan era and Tipper Gore and like all of this kind of stuff about the kids shouldn't be playing Dungeons and Dragons and listening to heavy metal and watching horror films because it's going to make them bad people. And it, it, like I said, I think if I remember correctly, this was one of those ones where like the, the women's marched outside or women and men marched outside to try and shut it down. And uh, that only added to its like infamy right. and made people want to go see it. Yeah, when you say something's bad and you shouldn't watch it, then everybody wants to watch it because it's bad. Yeah, it doesn't really have any redeeming qualities. It's it, a weird. It's, it's kind of a weird horror movie because, like you said, they spend at least half of the film making the the main character, who is our axe murderer, basically a pathetic, sympathetic figure. Like, everything in his life is shit, you know? Like, his family is murdered, he's horribly treated by people who should be caring for him. You know, it, it's very clear that all of his problems tie to Christmas, and he's being forced to, like, like Christmas and, and be normal around Christmas, quote-unquote normal around Christmas, and, like, no one is, like, legitimately trying to help him work through his trauma, like... All of these things are happening, and there's a lot of people in his life that are just treating him straight up like shit. And it's just, it's making him, pushing him closer and closer to a breaking point. And everyone in the audience can see this. Everyone in the audience knows what his problem is. Everyone in the audience knows what the solution to the problem is, which is just basically like someone saying, hey, maybe don't have him be around Christmas. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting to the message of the film, right? the the thing that he needs is not more Christmas. The thing he needs is less Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. let's have him go somewhere for Christmas that isn't Christmas. Like, let's go have him go anywhere that's not Christmassy. Yeah. Thereby, the subversive message of the film and the thing that you're supposed to identify with, I guess, is you can identify with him as... You know, long, long ago, kids, before the war on Christmas, people said Merry Christmas and you were besotted with Christmas crap from like Halloween all the way up until December, the end of December, and you couldn't escape it and it would tend to drive people nuts. Now, of course, during the war on Christmas, we don't, you know, that's, that's, that's gone away. So, like, people are dying to have more Christmas in their lives. That's why the Hallmark Channel is so popular. But in these days, people were trying to get away from all that Christmas in your face. You wouldn't understand how that feels because that was a long time ago. But in those days, you just were got to the point of where you were so sick of hearing about Christmas that you were ready to kill somebody. Right. Oh, I, and- irony alert. We we did forget we did forget one thing that is kind of amazing that happens at the very beginning of this film, which is the the thing that kicks off this whole film is that the family drives way the fuck out of their way to go visit grandpa at the old folk oh, yeah. old folks mental hospital loony bin place. Uh and grandpa basically He's he, catatonic. He's he, in a chair. He's he, yeah. awake and alert, but he's unresponsive. He to presents anything. as being catatonic, and then everyone's like, "All right, well, we should go talk to the doctors." Hey, little Billy, or whatever the fuck his name is, you just hang here with Grandpa for a second, and we'll be right back. And as soon as all adults are gone from the room, Grandpa turns to little Billy and is like, "Santa's gonna fucking punish the shit out of you." Yeah, par- his face paraf- lights up with evil. I'm paraphrasing here, but basically that is what, and, and the kid's like, what? Yeah, he's like, have you been a good little boy? Yes. All of the time? Yes. Well, that's good because if you're ever bad, Santa Claus will come and punish you. <laughs> punish. 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 Like, oh. Uh, so. So the best part of this film, in my opinion, is that, like, cut to the, Third act? Second act? I don't yeah, even I would know. Say, what, I would say the third act the third begins, act. like, I think that's his rampage. That's the rampage. Yeah. The rampage is, uh, a 18-year-old, uh, uh, teenager, 20-year-old, I don't even know how old he's supposed yeah. to be at that point, dressed as Santa Claus with a fire axe, running around, and, uh, anytime someone needs to be murdered, he just goes, punish! 
punish yes and he's like an avenging angel he's, he's the punisher if the punisher was uh all about being santa claus and murdering people limo just yeah it's great uh and i just enjoy that just it's just him yelling punish over and over again um so you would recommend this one would you say i would well it's kind of sad up until the point that the rampage happens but when the rampage happens it's pretty good uh, because it is a guy in a Santa suit with an axe just running around killing people. And, yeah. and he's not a particularly, like, he's not like a supernatural, like, Jason or Freddy killer. He's just a guy in a Santa suit with an axe trying to kill people. So, like, there are some fights that happen in this rampage where the victims are kind of getting the, the upper hand on him. And it's kind of nice to see. Like, when he's fighting with the, the boyfriend guy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, later yeah, on. Yeah. I have a problem with the sexual assault and rape elements in this movie because to my eyes now, what, what would have been like, this probably ran on a loop on HBO back in 1983 or something too. Probably. You know? Uh, what was sort of like a done with a wink and a nod in those days, you know, all the Death Wish movies had stuff like this in them. I mean, a ton of movies had this kind of stuff in them, but to see it today, it's really off-putting and, and unpleasant and not, it's not funny and it's not cute and it's not scary. It's just like horrifying. And, uh, so that part, and there's not a whole lot. So it's like so much of that that I say I couldn't watch it, but the rest of it seems so like really kind of pedestrian slasher. But it's well made. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not my most favorite Christmas horror movie of all time, but I don't, I don't not like it. It's just okay. I guess that's, that's my recommendation. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it puts into perspective, like we did Krampus last year for the show and Krampus was like, light years ahead of any of these films that we've seen even though krampus had its problems and the ending was weird and downbeaten it made me so sad yeah but uh it's was like super good it had like funny parts in it two front teeth i think is the best christmas horror movie that we've seen yeah we got lost our copy of that i think we gave it away we gave it away two two front teeth is way better than any of the movies we saw that we're going to talk about today but klaus ferratu who could forget santa santa claus kung fu fight zombie elves it's great if you guys don't know what we're talking about go find our episode on two front teeth from last Christmas season. Yeah, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. It's great. Uh, anyway, uh, so you're saying maybe you would get this. This is the gift that someone would give you and you'd open it and you'd be like, oh, it's exactly what I want. And then like the next day you'd take it back to the store. I give it to the person in uh, the, in the family or the friend who really loves those 80s. Like you like a super big fan of like all you've seen all the Friday the 13th movies, you know, yeah. and Freddy versus Jason and like. All of the, like, all of that whole genre. If you've seen all of those, then this, you should probably, if you want to be a completist, you really should see this one. Sure. So I recommend it to those people. It's not terrible, but I just, I didn't know. You'd return it, it, is what you're saying. And it kind of brings us to, I think we would agree, the best movie on the list of the films that we saw, which is called Black Christmas, and it's from 1973. Yes. Honestly, aside from the title, and the time that the movie takes place in, which is basically like winter break, it honestly has nothing to do with Christmas. Well, Bloodbeat and Dead End were very tangential to Christmas as well. This one has even, I feel like, less to do with Christmas yes, because, like, nothing other than the fact, like you said, there's a Christmas break. It's a Christmas break, and a, and a dad is coming to pick up his daughter for Christmas break. And there are some Christmas decorations around the sorority house. Yes, but that is like it. Yeah. That's There's no other literally it. Like Christmas elements to it. But it's actually like a it's kind of a proto slasher movie. Really. It is. It is, and it's it's well crafted and it honestly like everything that you think is gonna happen in this movie because it because you're like, oh, this is like that guy's the killer. No, that guy's the killer. No, that guy's the killer. It's not. It's a movie that has a very distinct point of view, and pretty much nothing that you think is going to happen the way it happens does. And the first, the the first victim, they never find. They never actually find the body. They don't find a lot of the victims. They don't find at least two. They don't find right. So okay. So the the elevator pitch on this movie is 
It takes place at a sorority house. I don't remember the Greek letters. It was like Pi, Kappa, Sigma. Sigma? Yeah. Or Epsilon? No, it was Sigma. It was Sigma? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it couldn't have been Pi, Kappa, Sigma. I think that's an actual... Oh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't anyway, matter. It's, it's a sorority house. Margot Kidder's a sorority sister, as is the chick... Andrea Martin. Yeah, Andrea Martin. You might remember her from SCTV. Yeah. Eric was very excited to see her. Oh my God! I saw this. I saw this chick in the film, and I'm like, "Wow, she looks just like Andrea Martin." And then it is. It is Andrea Martin. I was like, "It's a Christmas miracle." Yeah. Well, Uh, she played Edith Prickly on uh, SCTV. I'm shrugging. Yeah, Sclerini Peroso. She played on that show. Also shrugging. She was the only other female on that show other than Catherine O'Hara. So there you go. Eric got real excited about that. Oh, I love SCTV. The old SCTV was great. So, anyhow, so it is. It's, it takes place at a sorority house. The sorority house is a little bit, you know, they're 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 sassy nineteen seventies chicks. It's a pretty nice sorority house too. Most sorority like, houses are pretty nice. Yeah, my was, sorority house is pretty nice. Was it nice like that? Like all like like dark polished wood, not and as cozy nice couches as that. and we had cozy couches, but oh, it was not as nice as that sorority house. Um, but I mean, so it's still, it was pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. it was nice. Uh, it seemed like there were only ten people that lived there which is a little on the low side for sorority house there were like i think my house i think there were like 30 some odd people that lived in my house something like that that's a lot yeah well you know you have roommates and stuff it's not so and not everybody gets a a single room at the sorority house i never had a single of mine doesn't matter anyway so uh so it's Christmas break. People are starting to leave for going home and having Christmas parties and, you know, doing the holiday stuff that you do at Christmas break at the, at the university. And we've got a number of women that live in this house. Some of them have boyfriends. Uh, one of the women that lives in the house is an older lady. She's the house mother. And the, the sort of action kicks off when a father of one of the sorority sisters comes to pick up his daughter and she is nowhere to be found because we all know that she has been murdered in the attic of the sorority house. Yeah, right at the start of the movie, they're having like a Christmas party or something and uh, Margot Kidder is getting blasted. They're all drinking, but Margot Kidder is getting like fucked up and she's getting more and more inappropriate sexually and becoming very sort of aggressively rude to some of the other girls in the house and like one of the girls she starts picking on because oh she's a professional virgin and this and that and that girl is the first one that's killed she's like you know she's upset by this rude behavior and she's like i'm leaving i'm getting out of here and then we see but no one else sees she goes up into the attic for some reason for some reason she hears something up there. There's a cat, you know, maybe it's the cat that lures her up there. She goes up in the attic and then she's murdered. She's like smothered with a plastic bag over her head. Gross. And then her body sits there in the window with a plastic bag over its head, over her head, in the attic for the whole rest of the film. For the whole rest of the film. No one ever discovers it. People are looking for her actively, you know, it, and they continue to show that she is framed in the attic window of this house. That is visible from the street for the entire film. Uh, and so what little by little, and, and they're getting these prank phone calls. Well, I, they were obscene. They're phone obscene calls. phone calls. The first one was during that, uh, during the, the party the party. And it was, it was kind of the only one that was audible and it was actually obscene language that you would recognize like someone might do. Right, and Margot Kidder basically tells him off. and, and you know, they, they, She keeps him on the phone for an inordinate amount of time. This is the thing that bugged me about the movie more than anything. Whenever an obscene phone caller calls you and starts telling you all kinds of horrible things, what you do is you hang up on that person. You don't keep saying, who is this? Why are you calling? Who are you? Why are you calling? You've got the wrong number. No. Well, she no. was she was fucking with him. Margot well, Kidder, yeah, Margo Kidder at first was fucking with him, but then the the guy keeps calling back, and other people keep f- picking up the phone, and they're all like perplexed as to what to do. Yeah. Anyway. Man. So so a a series of murders then happens of people who live in this house. The house mother is killed. Margot Kidder is eventually killed. 
uh, uh, what's her face that you're so excited about is eventually oh, yeah, killed. Andrea Martin. Right. Sure. The, the little by little, all of the, all of these women are getting killed in the house. Yeah. The and, final girl is, uh, um, Olivia Hussey from, uh, the Zeffirelli, uh, Romeo and Juliet. From Romeo and Juliet, right. And her boyfriend is Care DeLay, who was Dave in 2001. Right. But he's got long hair and he's a conservatory student who plays impenetrable modern classical right. music on piano. piano that that nobody likes right and so they discover we won't go into any great no, details because a details. there's a lot of details and also honestly you should see this film and i don't want to ruin it for you but uh they they discover who they think the murderer is and they take them away and and the, the one spoiler i will give you is it's not them yeah and, okay then that's and, good and some other things happen the ending is really kind of unexpected i would have to say this is not the kind of ending that i would have expected in this movie it left me feeling a little bit like unsatisfied maybe but on further thought i think that they you know they took sort of like the third path where the movie could have gone this way or that way and they were like fuck it no we're going straight up yeah there's the expected path and then when it doesn't go down that way you're like okay well i guess it's going to go down this path and then it goes down a different path and you're like wow well that's odd you know so it's 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 really the one i would recommend most strongly among this group this one tends this movie tends to make it onto underrated horror movie lists not even specifically like like Christmas horror movie lists, but underrated horror movie lists in general. Um, a lot of people haven't seen it. You know, it, I think largely due to the fact that you would assume it's going to be a Christmas horror movie because it's called Black Christmas. But like we said, it has very little to do with actual Christmas. It just happens to take place in and around Christmas. And I'm sure some very enterprising producer thought, Oh, let's call it this because that'll really sell it in the movie theater. Um, but uh, this is the present that, like, Santa actually left you. Like, this is the present where, like, uh, you know, we're, we're ripping open all the presents under the tree. And, like, this is the present that, like, literally no one knows how it got there. And you open it up and you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. Yeah, there's a bad cop. And then there's a, g- a good cop. Yeah, right? John I Saxon's mean, in this movie. Yeah, the bad cop's not the bad cop's not a bad cop guy cop the bad cop a, is just a, a poor he's not a good cop he's not good at being a cop yeah he's just a lazy cop he's a lazy cop and john saxon is the detective and he's a, a reasonably good detective and there's a moment where he where john saxon is like okay bad cop i need you to do this thing, exa- thing. exactly the way that i am telling you to do it and the bad cop is like great and he's like and john saxon's like i need you to understand if you do it the wrong way you are going to fuck everything up. And Bad Cop's like, I got it. Don't do it the wrong way. Do it the way you told me to. Okay, good. D- did you understand this? John Saxon says, yes. Okay, great. Hangs up the phone. Picks up the phone. Immediately fucks it up. Absolutely. Like, immediately like, fucks yeah. it up. Immediately Within is like- 20 is, seconds. Is like, is like, I will attempt to do it the right way. No, I'm not even going to do it. Nope. Did it the wrong way. Fucked it up. Yeah, it's silly. Yeah. It's terrible. It's bad. But but the movie itself is enjoyable to watch and good, and I would recommend it. And if you haven't seen it, you should find this one. This if if you're not trying to win the Christmas horror movie film festival for weirdest film, but for best film, take this one. This is my recommendation. Yeah, me too. So all right, well our stocking is empty, and so uh, I guess uh, you're gonna have to find your own presents after this. Well, I think we might have one last present for them on Christmas Day. Oh, we're going to open it on Christmas Day, though. Yeah, I think Uh we'll have a Christmas Day present for them that'll that'll be, like, heartwarming and not at all horrifying. (laughs) What? It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. Thanks for listening to Cinema Super Collider. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Supercast or join our Facebook community where we post early warnings about our upcoming movie selections and also invite you to join our film discussions. You can email us questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. 
If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. See you next time. Skate away